What can I expect to happen during a regulatory exam of my RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number 28. Hi, I'm Brad Wells with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so with today's video, I wanna help, help you understand kind of what, what you can expect if you become an RA from a, from a regulatory exam perspective. Uh, now I did do a, a prior video on, on kind of the frequency you can expect for, for how often will I get a regulatory exam and, and to the degree you haven't watched that video yet, I, I encourage you to watch that as well because I, I dive much more into it. Uh, but a very high level, you can, you can generally expect as your own RIA, uh, oftentimes to have a regulatory exam in your first year. Now that's, that's more of a kind of a, a kickoff exam to make sure you're on the right track. Uh, there's kind of a reason they, they generally do that. Again, watch the other video, it gives more details on that, but that's pretty typical. And then on an ongoing basis, and it depends whether you're, you're SEC registered or state registered or what state you're in, if you're the latter, um, and there's a number of variables that could, that could change the frequency, but, but typically it, it could be in the once every four to seven years that you, that you get uh, examined. And, and that comes down also to just kind of your risk profile. So understandably, larger RIAs will probably get examined more frequently than smaller RIAs because arguably there's, there's more at risk there to the invest in public or or maybe the services and products one RA offers versus another might, might be kind of scored a little higher on that risk scale. So uh, again, watch the other video to, to kind of dial into some of those, some of those components to it. But again, uh, usually, usually pretty early in the, the RA's existence in that first year and then kind of every four to seven years after as well. Um, so what, what is that actual process like when, when that day comes? It, it will come and it will come if you're in existence long enough a, a number of times. Uh, so the good news is they, they generally don't just show up um, unless they have some specific concern about your RIA. They generally don't just knock on the door one day and, and here we are. Uh, they, they will generally reach out to you ahead of time of the whole kind of process. And so that's, that's, that's what I'm going to work through on today's video is what to expect kind of like from that first call all the way through the end of the cycle. Uh, so again, first step is being notified. Uh, generally, they might call you, they, they could write you, but, but generally they might call you, explain who they are, explain, hey, we, we are gonna come out, we are going to examine your RIA, uh, and they would generally tell you the exact day they will be there. You know, it might be three, four weeks out or something like that, and, and they'll give you, okay, on this day, we will be coming out to your office to give you the portion of the exam that's on site. The, the, whole, the whole exam process is, is not just done there on site. And by the way, I, I should have prefaced this before I, I started this timeline and I'll, I'll reiterate it at the end, but what, one of the things I talk about this in lots of videos, you work with compliance consultants to help you with your RIA compliance, both in the initial setup and on an ongoing basis. And, and this is what compliance consultants help you with on that ongoing basis. So as I explain this whole process, don't think you're going to be out on an island having to, to, to remember this or figure all this out on your own. That's, that's part of what you're paying the compliance consultants for is to help you be prepared for it. And then when it actually happens to help you get through it. So I, I should have prefaced that before I even dove in, but uh, just, just be aware of that. 
Uh, so again, the, the regulars will call you and say, okay, we're gonna come out on, on this date. Um, they will generally explain what you can expect from the process. We, we, we intend on being there a, a day. Maybe they'll say we're planning on being there a couple days if you're a really large RA. Uh, here's what we need from an accommodation standpoint. And they'll, they'll kind of explain that process to you. Uh, and, then, and then they will typically confirm a, a good, uh, they, might, they might send it by email, but contact information for, for who at the office they can, they can exchange information with. And so that, that might be you or whoever in your office you decide it's going to be. Uh, and then with that email address, again, usually done by email, uh, one of the things they'll do shortly thereafter, and they'll, they'll explain they're gonna do this to you, is they're gonna say, hey, we're gonna send you a list of items that we need you to answer and address and send back to us before we come out to your on-site visit. And again, the, the, the exam process is not just that on-site, it's, it's, it's a whole number of steps they need to do. And the bulk of it, quite frankly, they can do without being on-site. So part of that is this kind of discovery process of, okay, we're gonna send you a bunch of questions. We need you to answer these and get back to us. And again, that's where you'd use your compliance consultant to help you uh, address all of that. So they will send that list to you. Uh, they will also, at this point in time, uh, be pulling your ADV, uh, which is, which is uh, you know, with, uh, online with the regulators and the public can see it too. I'll actually do a separate video on how anyone can see your ADV. Uh, but they'll pull your part one, your part two, your, your form CRS, all those sorts of things. And, and they'll start looking through that and, and start deciding maybe certain things they want to ask you about when, when they are on site based on what you're saying and that ADV. So again, a lot of homework goes in before they actually show up um, there on site. Uh, and so a couple other thoughts on this, this list of items they're going to, they're going to send you. Uh, it is, it is going to be probably dozens of dozens of questions long. It's, it's not going to be, Hey, here's five questions we have. It's going to be dozens of questions and it's pretty boilerplate. It's, it's generally not necessarily specific to your RIA, especially if they don't necessarily have any particular concern about your RIA. It's a, it's a standard template they might send all RIAs in that year that they're going to examine. I mean, they, they certainly revise it over time as, as, as focus areas change in, in, in what they're looking for out there when they're making those examinations. But, but they'll send it to you again. It's usually dozens of items long, um, asking for a number of things. So an example of, of just something they, they could be asking for and they want you to send them ahead of time is a, is a copy of your RA's advisory agreement, you know, that, that agreement between the RIA and the client. And I, I did a whole separate video on that as well. Of, you know, what is an advisory agreement? How do I create one? So if you're not already familiar with it, certainly check out that video. I, I explain all of that, but that's a pretty typical thing. I'd say, okay, send over the advisory agreement used with clients because before we get out there, we want to look that over and see if we have any concerns about any of the, any of the verbiage in there, because if, if we do, we'll, that we'll probably address that with you when we're there on site. Um, they might, all, might also ask for a, a list of all your clients. Um, you know, it might be names and, and asset levels. And again, uh, that's, they're probably going to look at that. And they're probably going to, you know, decide usually when they come out on site or, or any of this pre-work, they don't just, if nothing else from a capacity standpoint, have the ability to check and look into every single account you have and every single client you have to do a sampling of that sort of thing. And so send it over that client list ahead of time, you know, can help them pick maybe which, which they're going to include in their sample for, for maybe some follow-up questions. Uh, and then another typical thing is, is ask you for information on the fees that you're, that you're charging your clients and, and want to see proof of, okay, send us the last four quarters worth of, of fees that you submitted to your custodian and, and that the custodian paid back to you by client. 
uh, because maybe they're gonna to try to match that up with some of their actual client files there when they're there on site to make sure it all matches. Um, so uh, a couple other things, it's, it's not necessarily on that list, but on this pre-item before they actually show up at your office, um, just, while, just like they're asking you for information, they might very well also be going to your custodians, if you have more than one plural or, or single custodian, and, and asking for information from them as well. And so a, a reason they might be doing that is they might want to ask you, you know, hey, do you, do you make your own maybe quarterly performance reports that you, you create, you send out to clients about the, the values in their, their account and how the account's done? And, and, if, and if you do that, which is a pretty typical thing for an RA to do, as an example of where they might sample, they might want to pull, okay, hey, these 10 clients, we would like to see those reports that you sent them. And, and so for the, you know, the fourth quarter of, of whatever year, you, you reminded them that they had X dollars in their account on, this, on, that, on that end date. They might pull from the custodian and say, okay, on this same end date, what was the client's value in their account? And they, they want to make sure that matches up. So that's that's a pretty typical thing. They might go to the custodian and ask for information as well. And again, this is usually why when they first reach out to you, it's, it's usually a number of weeks before they come out to see you on site because one, they need to give you time to respond to all of this information request. Uh, they might request from the custodian who needs time to respond. And then they, they want to do their homework on that information again, before they come out and actually visit you. Uh, and then the other thing, just as an example, this is not exhaustive list, um, almost guaranteed they will do is, is look at any past exams they have already done on your RA. So if you're, if you're a brand new RA and this is the first time you're being examined, obviously that doesn't exist. But, but once you have any length of existence in your, your history, you're going to have exams. Uh, they will absolutely go back to most likely just the most recent one and say, okay, what, what deficiencies were found during that exam? And, and you can be certain they will be double checking to make sure all of those were rectified. Now, in part of it, which I'll get to, you, you would have responded to that prior exam and, and explained how you rectified all those, but it's almost guaranteed they will use this, this next exam as a chance to confirm that you made those steps as well. So just know they, they absolutely will probably pull your prior exam. So now let's fast forward. Now it's the day of the exam. Again, in most instances, you will know what day it is or days, potentially plural it is. Uh, and so you want to plan for that certain day and be, and be prepared for it. Now, a, a couple of things just to be aware of on that day. Number one, do not uh, take offense to, to what they are doing. This is their job. It is their job to come in and potentially find deficiencies with your RIA. Um, imagine being one of these examiners and, and if and if every week or every other week you went out to a different RA and every time you came back and said, oh, we didn't find anything, that, that's just obviously not a good look for them. It just screams, oh, are you, are you lazy? Are you just not doing your job? So they will, they will dig. It, it, this is their job. And, 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 and right, the, the, the reason they're even there in the first place is to protect the invest in public out there. So, so even kind of their own personal job desires to, to, to make sure they're, they're turning over every stone. Again, the mission they're on, the, the reason they exist is to protect the invest in public. So they do want to dive deep into these things. So the key is do not take any offense to this. They are just simply doing their job. Um, 
Also on that uh, on-site visit, uh, they very, very well will likely want to talk to the main principals of the RA, the main owners. Um, they also could ask basically to talk to whoever they want. They, they might say, hey, who's the, who's the person sitting out front there? Uh, we'd like to talk to him or her. Could you bring them in so we can, we can have a you know, conversation with them as well? So it's, it's quite conceivable they'll want to talk to people, mostly the main principals, but, but they, could, they could ask to talk to whoever. Um, and, and then they also might there in, in the office ask you to see certain documents. They, they, they might say, okay, can you show us X? And then that might be for, for two reasons. One, just to see if you literally can produce it. Uh, and then two, it might be uh, to confirm something they've already confirmed with your custodian and now they want to match it up. And so an example of being able to produce it, you know, you, you have to be given your, your ADV part two to, to every new client. And so if they say, can you, can you give us your ADV part two? You know, even though they've probably already got it, but if they ask you and, and you can't produce it, that, that's, that's not a good look because you should be able to produce it all the time as you're bringing on new clients. So just a typical example of documents and, and things they might ask for there on the day of. So you, you go through that process. So now uh, kind of post exam, I, I will absolutely say when that, when that, let's say they're only on site for one day, uh, when they walk out of there, you're not going to have any answer. They're not going to say, you did a great job. Here's the two things you need to do. And, and on we go. Um, absolutely not. Don't, don't expect that at all. They're, again, this, this, that exercise that day or days is, is information gathering. And they're going to they're gonna take all that information, take everything they already got ahead of time, and then go back and, and, and kind of put it all together and, and find out if they have any concerns or not. And, and that process generally takes weeks, if not months, unfortunately, you, you might have to wait around to hear back from them. So just from an expectation standpoint, just know when you're walking out of there, yeah, they might give you some general commentary of how they thought that the, the day went or, or something like that. And you, you certainly can have a dialogue with them to try to kind of feel them out and, and see what they think. But, but they're not going to give you any concrete answer on that day that oh, you're good or you're bad or anything like that. And, and unfortunately, usually, like I said, it will be you know, weeks or months before you get that. And, and then eventually what you will get is you'll be notified of their findings. So here are the deficiencies we noted of your RA when we came out and visited and the, the, all the things we asked about or we talked to a custodian, whatever the case is, here's, here's what we found. And, and, and specifically two things that then have to happen. And they usually give you a, a, a period of time, but certainly not, not a lot of time. One, you have to address them. So if they say you're doing X wrong, you obviously need to fix X. Uh, and you go through each of those, and then they also want you to respond back and indicate how you have rectified all of these deficiencies. And then they wanna make sure they're comfortable with what your response is. And, and that might even uh, result in some follow-ups. I mean, if, it's, if they point out something that's just kind of a clerical thing in your ADV, uh, they'll probably take your word for it that you, you fixed it and, and maybe they'll make a note that the next time they come out to examine, they'll, they'll, they'll look at it. But if, it, if it's any meaningful deficiency, they, they very well might do some additional back and forth. Okay, you say you fixed this, we would like you to send that to us so we can see firsthand. Um, so that from, from start to finish, or when they first you know, reach out to you, to, to when it's all said and done, I mean, a couple months, unfortunately, that it, it just is what it is. Um, just, just be aware of it and just, just as long as you have the, the correct expectations, it's certainly manageable. Uh, so I, I wanna finish with just a couple tips uh, related to all this. Again, they're just doing their job. Don't, don't take any offense, they generally 
will find something. I, I occasionally, I have heard of some RIAs that literally had a quote unquote perfect exam and the, the, the response back from the regulators was no deficiencies. That is, that is the white elephant. That is the absolute rare exception. Almost every instance they will find something, even if it's sometimes just a clerical thing, no harm, no foul, no client was harmed, but we do need you to fix this. So again, don't take any offense. This is their job is to be out there looking for these sorts of things. Um, the next tip is, is be accommodated. You know, especially if they give you that, that, that notice ahead of time on the day or days they're gonna be there. Absolutely have a conference room or some sort of place they can sit and, and spread out and be comfortable, uh, ready and prepared for them. Don't, don't just put them in some corner that's uncomfortable thinking, oh, I'll shoo them out of here earlier. I mean, be accommodated. They, they, these, these folks, they're, again, they're doing their job. They wanna, they wanna make this as easy for you as possible. You know, return that favor, get them set up in, in some sort of setting. It's not like you have to wine and dine them or, or have, a, have a, you know, breakfast selection or anything like that for them. But, but do make sure you have accommodations that they can use. Um, the, the next one, again, I said they, they will find deficiencies. Don't, don't take offense to that. Sometimes it's, you know, it could be 10 deficiencies. You think, wow, that, that's a lot. But again, a lot of those might be a little clerical situations and so so not that bad or or they could be meaningful i mean they, they, you absolutely need to take this process serious i'm sure you would uh, but they generally will find deficiencies um i talked about next tip i talked about earlier you know don't don't get overwhelmed by all this this is what you pay a compliance consultant for both beforehand because they've prepared you and they've set up your, your RA correctly and helped you with everything you need to be doing so that when this day comes, you are prepared for it. And then when the day does come, they will help you through that process. They will help you on the back end with responding to any deficiencies and those sorts of things. So, so, so no, that is what you are paying them for. And, and some will even do, I, I talked about this on a, on a different video as well, some uh, compliance consultants, and again, it, it matters every, the services they offer, obviously the more service, the more cost you have to pay them. But, but some will even do what they refer to as a mock audit, uh, which the idea there is, hey, before the regulators show up every four, seven years, you know, maybe in those off years, the, the compliance consultant themselves goes through this exact process with you and says, okay, let's, let's kind of try to recreate what we could expect of the actual exam, let's do a dry run just, just between us and let's try to hash out any concerns now. And, and so they call, they call it a mock audit, um, but that's a way to, again, to try to get ahead of the day that the actual regulatory, uh, you know, uh, regulators come out to do the exam themselves. And then the last thing I'd leave you with from a tip perspective is, you know, you're an honest advisor. You're in this business to help clients, to help them make good decisions in their financial lives. As long as that remains your guide and light through all of the decisions you make about your practice of how to set up the RA and the processes you put in place and the services you're going to offer, that, that, as long as that's your guide and light, you're going to be okay with this exam process. Yes, you will probably have something you overlook from a logistical standpoint that should have been done, but as long as your guide and light is what's best for clients and the regulators can see that is your guide and light, you're going to be okay with this process. Now, if you go off and you want to cut corners and you don't want to pay compliance consultants and you're, you're maybe not too good to your clients, hey, all bets are off at that point. But as long as you're doing things correctly, you're making the right investment into what it takes to run an RA and your guide and light is to do what's best for clients, you don't need to be overwhelmed or worried about this process. 
Uh, so with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so in this case, this was actually a situation where we're talking about something that, that happens after you become an RA, but going into it before you make that transition, it's helpful to be aware of, okay, what, what, what can I expect after I become an RA? And so in this case, from a regulatory exam perspective. And so again, that's the, the exact sort of thing I help advisors with. I want to make sure you are fully informed about everything there is to know about this model and how it works and how you could transition into it and what you can expect on a going forward basis. So that's absolutely what I help advisors with all day long. Would be would be more than happy to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, if you're not already there, head on over to transitiontora.com. Uh, you can see plenty more videos I've posted. I have white papers. And then the easiest thing is a contact link right there at the top. You can click on it and instantly and easily schedule a time uh, for us to have a, have a conversation. Be more than happy to go into any questions you have on today's video or anything to do with the RA model. Uh, and certainly if you're asking yourself, well, what, what might my current practice and its current situation look like if I were to make that move, that's what I help advisors with. Would be more than happy to help you as well. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video and I'll see you on the next one.